a very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. We're with you right through until 12 midday. If you want to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you on 086 38 33 55 3. That is 086 38 33 55 3 if you want to get in contact with us. I want to move on today because the Alliance of Age Sector NGOs has called for an independent commissioner for ageing and, and uh, older people. I'm joined on the line by Maureen Cavanagh, who's Active Retirement Ireland CEO, and joins me on the line today. Maureen, good to talk to you again. Thank you for taking our call this morning. Morning. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. The Alliance of Age Sector NGOs calling for an independent commissioner for ageing and older people. Why would that be, can I ask? Uh, today, um, in the media room in Dáil Éireann, uh, the Alliance of Age Sector NGOs, which is made up of Active Retirement Ireland, Age and Opportunity, alone, um, the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland, the Irish Hospice Foundation, the Senior Citizens Parliament and Third Age Strong Organisations in the age sector, are launching what we call Taking Stock. And this is a review of policy documents that refer to how we should all age and how we can be a better country for getting going older in. And what we have found is that the government didn't hasn't done so well and there's been a significant failure to deliver many of Ireland's policies and commitments for older people. Um, and this, we feel, as organisations who work in the sector, work with people across the country, feel it's because there isn't any joined up thinking across the different policies that could impact on older people's lives. And we're asking for an independent commissioner to pull this together. Give me an example of where the government have failed and successful governments have failed to deliver for older people. Give me a practical example. A practical example, I suppose, would be the main one. In 2013, the government produced the uh, National Positive Ageing Strategy. And this is a framework for how Ireland would become a good country to grow old in. And it covered multiple areas, like 17 thematic areas that would impact on all our lives as we get older. That strategy has never been implemented. It still sits there today. The government quotes, uh, the Department of Health and the government quotes it every so often when it is referring to how it, uh, you know, how it's performing in terms of ageing and ageing issues. But unfortunately, there's never been an implementation plan. There's never been um, funding put towards implementing the different areas. So as a result, there's no joined up thinking and coordination of um, all the different policy areas that impact on older people. But Maureen, why does it just sit there? Why is it sitting on a shelf? I mean, like the politicians we're talking about, they're ageing. We have an awful lot of politicians going out of politics um, uh, this year and when the election takes place. So, I mean, it's in their benefit too to have taken this off the shelf and dealt with it. Well, absolutely. I mean, and be honest with you, it's a very, very well written and put together framework. And what it does need is that it does need an implementation plan. We cannot understand. We are constantly asking as an alliance of NGOs, why is this not implemented? Why after 10 years has it not been looked at? and maybe updated and changed, but it is still very relevant. And we're also asking why, when it suits, are they using it in terms of making reports to Europe um, on healthy aging? So we don't understand, look, 
it's possibly uh, the thinking that as we get older, and this there's a bit of ageism behind this, that in fairness that older people are a health issue, that we need to be looking at care. And the government is currently proposing to establish a commission on care for older people. But the commission on care will only examine health and social care services. It doesn't take into effect the the cohort of older people that are healthy, that are active, that are out there in their communities. It is just a narrow view of how we get old and what we're saying, what is now needed. And we've seen it work in the Northern Ireland, in Wales and Scotland, uh, the UK and other countries, that if you have an independent commissioner in place, then they can look at this and take the government to task on how they're performing for all of us as we age. But it's very condescending, and I'm talking to um, to Maureen Kavanagh, Active Retirement uh, Ireland CEO, very condescending though for politicians to say that older people are a health concern. And because the older people that they're referring to have made this country, paid their taxes, and we wouldn't have this country without the people we're talking about. Absolutely. And look, at the reality is, at some stage in our lives, what doesn't matter what age we are, we can be a health concern if we're sick. Yeah, but, and that but needs we've paid to be dealt our ta- with. We've paid but our taxes, more. We've paid our taxes. Yeah. We've I done know, our juicy. We've built our country. We've been working since we were 15 years of age, 16 years of age. Like, I, mean, I agree with you 100%, but we don't want old getting older to be viewed as a health issue. Sure, it can't be. Getting, it absolutely, totally agree with you 100%. So when that is the only view taken of ageing, then policies and government decision-making becomes very narrowly focused on oh my goodness, the country is going to collapse because of all these older people that are going to be sick. The majority of older older people want to and continue to remain at home and in their communities and contribute hugely to volunteer, to caring um, for grandchildren or for relatives, uh, to the economy. Um, in terms of shopping locally and putting money back into their economy. doesn't matter whether you've got a, an illness or not, you're a citizen. Yeah. But that is not the way getting older is treated okay, in this well, country. And that's what we're trying to change. Somebody morning, uh, Kevin, has said, uh, Keith, creating a commissioner for elderly will achieve nothing if there's not a budget behind it. The country is awash with high-end civil servant jobs with gold-plated pensions, yet our services for the elderly are at best dysfunctional. The HSE is a geriatric consultant for the Galway area, but if a person does not have health insurance, they will wait and wait and much-needed uh, new hips, etc. Uh, we just need to cut the cut and paste from the high standards of elder care from EU countries who do it best. The Scandinavian countries is what I'm referring to there. That's a very articulate comment coming in there. It is indeed. And again, um, a lot, most of these countries have uh, sort of a, a different tiered system in terms of health. But equally, even the comment is really, really brilliant. But it also is about, it focuses on the healthcare needs of older people. And what we're saying is that until... As a country, we start looking at the broader areas of ageing that are beyond health, then we're not actually being a good country Mm -hmm. to grow old in. 
And that's not a nice thing to put out there, really, because what we're trying to do now is bring people home to Ireland again. And I've come across more people that have spent time in Australia and America and elsewhere coming back to this country and finding it very, very difficult to settle here. Can't get housing, can't get insurance, can't get driving licenses, are finding it very difficult. But it's they and their parents, indeed, who built this country. They want to come back so they can have an impact in this country. And yet this country is making it very difficult for them. So maybe... Maybe that's where the commissioner should come in and hold them accountable. Yes, and that's why we're saying that. We do want to see the establishment of an independent commissioner for ageing and older people with a budget behind them so that they can actually look at this and, you know, and see what needs to be done in terms of, A, moving the view of getting older from a health issue to a broader issue that takes in all aspects of, you know, in terms of people's lives, which includes housing, which includes education, which includes social activities, which includes uh, living well in your community, which includes rural and urban transport. We need somebody who will look at this and go to age-proof all the policies but we also need somebody who will fight for the joined up thinking because until there is connected and joined up thinking around how we get older, then older people are slotted into little bubbles and mainly now at the moment into health. Well, morning. I mean, when you talk about uh, joined up thinking, you know, we, we did a piece last week on the programme about people wanting to downsize and making their homes available and downsizing. They can't afford to downsize because what they're downsizing to isn't covered by the sale of their own house so that a family can have it. So it's like it's a chicken and egg situation. Yes, people want to do, people want to do best for society that they can, but they can't afford to. Uh, absolutely. And the housing, housing crisis impacts on everybody in this country. It impacts on young people and it impacts on older people. And as we go into later into this century as well, we are seeing more and more older people who actually in private rental situation and are facing huge barriers to being able to afford to continue to afford their rents so we the housing crisis impacts hugely on older people as well people who want to downsize i mean if you if you know there are some really really good examples in some local authorities where people could downsize to a smaller apartment working with the local authority but these again are bubbles and pockets yeah. It's not part of any joined up thinking. No, it's not, no, but I mean, I, I'm well aware indeed of a friend of mine and his mother is living in a beautiful three-bedroomed uh, house which is owned by one of the councils. I'm not going to say whether it's city or county. And um, she has health issues and what she wants is a one-bedroom ground floor uh, facility, house or otherwise. So all she needs is a bedroom, um, a bathroom toilet and uh, somewhere to uh, cook her meals. So something very small is what she needs. And she has been for three years trying to hand back her house and get something smaller. And she's gotten nowhere. Yeah, and you've just named an example of, you know, when you have a, a red tape and administrations and no joined up thinking. So that should be all part of the planning in local authorities to look at the different age demographics to see who... Who mm. wants, by choice, and really, really by choice, who wants to be able to move? Is there somewhere nearby that they can move to? Yeah, there is. She Will they be able to stay in their community? And then facilitate that move. But she, the, the lady in question has identified the house, has told the council yeah. in question. 
the house is there, it's vacant, needs to be done up, very little work needs to be done on it. But the house is vacant for the same period of time that she's applied to do this. So that's where the joined up thinking is at. What time, are you going, what time are you going into the media committee room? 12 o'clock today in Dáil Éireann. 12 o'clock, so you'll be up against the RT lads yep. in another room. Oh, we'll be up against the RT at one o'clock, yes, yes, yeah. 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 So you'll, you'll, yeah. Be, you'll be meeting and hearing an awful lot. I think you have to keep it going. I really do think you have to keep it going in the morning. You really do. We, look, at this really is the launch of, like, it's like a report card where yeah. we have graded the government across different, po- different policies. Um, but we also know that, you know, this is only the lead up to local European and general elections this year and we will be asking people just ask the question at local level what are you doing for older people in my community and at national level like there's a number of questions and it is again about what are you doing to make sure that this is a good country to grow old in and these are questions for all of us doesn't matter what our age is Mm. well we're getting older I'm getting older Uh, me too Can you hear the silence, can you? Yeah. You see this, yeah. Silence is is there, Maureen. It's a battle. It is a battle, I can tell you that. Um, Active Retirement Ireland, we've over 20,000 members around the country who tirelessly work to make sure that they are keeping themselves well and active. Should be a credit. And yet we struggle to gain recognition for that in itself. Mm. Really and truly, it's. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll be tuning in, so I will today, just into the committee room to see how you get on there, because they just can't just pay lip service to you. Something has to happen, and I do believe there's a will there to do it. And when you see what's going on in the other committee room, where this millions has been misspent uh, between whatever you call the musicals and payoffs and all of that type of stuff, if that money could be taken from one committee room into your committee room. It would have a massive impact, sort of, would on things. But there you go. Cela vie. Yeah, so look at yeah. So twelve o'clock today, we'll be launching the um, taking That's stock right. report in the in the media room. Yeah. Right, it's kind of a funny Hopefully. title for it, isn't it? Taking stock, taking stock report. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. Listen, well done to you. Thanks yeah. for joining us uh, today on the program. That's Maureen Cavanagh joining us on the line there. And our thanks to her for joining us uh, today on the program. Comment lines all open if you want to get through to us on oh eight six thirty eight thirty three fifty five three. And uh, some of the comments coming into us uh, today. Keith, I fully agree with uh, that lady in relation to growing old. Uh, but we've got a great country, this caller said. Uh, some of us can afford health insurance and some of us can't. Uh, but for those that can, at least we're getting to be seen, this caller said. And uh, Keith, we do need an advocate uh, for the older people. Um, I know I'm an ambassador for older people. I haven't done a lot for it now, I have to say. Mary McGann will be given out to me in the council, and rightly so. Uh, but... Um, I've been the ambassador for them for two years, I think, at this stage, or three years, and I really hadn't done enough, lads. Not done enough at all, but we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out come April. We'll have, we'll have time to do stuff like that then. Um, Keith, uh, this caller, said, the big problem with um, planning is people are expecting far too more. Um, to, sorry, far too much indeed. They're building big houses and they can't afford them, and it's costing them a fortune. People need to be more modest. Uh, Keith, we need more retirement villages. Oh, don't go there. Don't even don't even go there. In America, they're all the go. And I've quite a few friends who have downsized and gone into beautiful condos, as they call them over there, and retirement villages. And in there, they've got their walking tracks, they've got their swimming pools, they've got 
everything and they've downsized and they've given their children money, all of that type of stuff. Um, and I know somebody, somebody not too far from here, by the way, uh, that I know extremely well, went about trying to get a retirement village into um, Galway County and it wasn't the planners that stopped them. It was just the red tape and the financial aspect of it, not the planners. Planners were in absolutely full full throttle to help in every way. Uh, but it was just, from a cost point of view, it was absolutely not worth it. Um, but it would have been a game changer. They were talking, I think, about 70 units in a Nico village, uh, just on the outskirts of the city, inland there. But uh, buses coming in and coming out and all. It was a beautiful creation that they had on the Tomb Road. But lo and behold... The cost got in the way and it was not cost effective from there on. Hi Keith, this caller said I'm a taxi driver in town and I finished yesterday at 5pm. There were no students anywhere. Um, so well done for that. For Donegal Tuesday, they must have gone home early uh, today. Uh, Keith, I fully agree with uh, more retirement homes and uh, facilities being made available. It's the only way that we're going to sort the housing uh, problem from there. Uh, Keith, you mentioned Scandinavian countries earlier on. Uh, the situation with Scandinavian countries is quite simply they've got a larger budget, a larger, larger budget altogether uh, than we have. And really and truly, what um, we need is bigger budgets, this caller said. Now, though, let's have a look at, at Lent. And again, Joshua was out and about for us uh, looking at Lent. Let's just hear what he had to say and what people may or may not give up. And we'll be going back to this in the, in the last hour of today's programme. And Father James will be joining us on it as well. No, I don't usually tend to give up on for Lent. Not really, no. And yourself? No, kind of just watch what I eat a bit better, maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't give up one certain thing, like... Nah, nah. Would you have when you were younger, you would? Not really. Try to eat more vegetables, I guess. Yeah. Do you ever stick to it? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I think taking up new hobbies or new new habits more so than giving up, I think, is a good way to, to look at it. So maybe take up a few new good habits for the year. And what, what kind are you thinking, then? I'd say just eating healthier, more more food and spending more time with friends and family. Yeah, no, um, I'm probably not uh, giving anything up, but more taking something up. So uh, taking up a bit of running, going out, doing a few runs um, and doing a 10k then in Westport in, in April. And is that in aid of anything or is it just, you know, a personal personal choice? Or? Just a personal choice, yeah. I try and, um, try and get a bit fitter and stuff. I've kind of put it on the back foot the last while, so... And would you say with, uh, I suppose it's an opportunity for some people to start new things, would you be encouraging people to get running, doing that sort of thing, you know, getting healthier and fitter? Yeah, it doesn't even have to be running, like, you know, just getting active, get outside, fresh air, go for walks, trying new things, definitely be um, worth your while for the next couple of weeks and stuff, yeah. No, I think like the lads mentioned, it's kind of taking something on. So before, just before Christmas, I kind of got back into going to the gym and stuff and been more consistent with that so but I think it's more like my new year's resolution as opposed to Lent specifically I suppose uh, a lot of people maybe would have dropped their new year's resolution so it could be a time to pick it back up maybe yeah I fully agree especially I think when you have a finish line in mind in terms of after the 40 days then you kind of like can reward yourself with something so yeah I agree picking something back up um, after You've put those New Year's resolutions there, yeah. 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 I'm off the harp. I'm staying off the harp. I might uh, wean off onto the Guinness. Well, definitely I'll make more of an oh, effort yes, to do I, that. I, I, I usually do. Yeah. 
yeah, I always, I always yes. make an effort yeah. more than than uh, New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I think I Lent is definitely Lent, and yeah. I hope to walk more and uh, get rid of Christmas excesses and all sorts of plans. Yeah. Now, whether they work out is a different thing, but uh, we, I have plans anyway. And I'm going to put down my phone usage. Yeah. Um, none whatsoever. Just get out and enjoy life. Probably just go to the gym more. <laughs> I'll probably need to after the Pancake Tuesday. Uh, ho- hopefully I'll probably get off the chocolate and stuff and just keep up with the running. I'd probably start to save more money because I'm so bad for spending, but probably start saving a good bit. Um, to be honest, I haven't really thought that far into the future. So as of right now, my answer is undecided. But I won't rule out the possibility of um, giving something up. There you go. What will you give up? Let us know. Uh, 206 Hi Keith, there's a fine little bungalow lying empty and boarded up in the front of Inishana Estate in the west side. I know there's a queue of people waiting uh, to get a house. Uh, can you put the question out there to the relevant authorities? Why is this house not given out to someone on their list who needs a home? Question mark. There's plenty more houses like this um, around the city as well, but can we not just get them all sorted uh, from there, this uh, caller said to us uh, today. And then coming on the telephone lines uh, today, uh, we have uh, the following as well. Oops, something's just gone wrong with me there. Uh, on the telephone lines uh, today, this caller said, Keith is all right talking about stuff like that, uh, but you have to um, be active and get um, people to do stuff for you as well. Um, now, let me do this and this then as well. Um, let me go down here uh, for the day that's in it, this uh, caller said. Again, um, I thought I'd share the news of, um, yeah, I thought I'd share the news with you. Martin Flannery in Monivay Park is winner of the men's over 65s badminton masters in Dublin last weekend. His partner was George Chapman. Martin also won silver in the mixed doubles with uh, Mary Bird. Uh, maybe um, share this with your listeners. Congratulations to him and uh, well done to him as well. And uh, other calls coming in to us too as well. Uh, but I want to go to uh, Luke Silk, who joins me, because Ainthu is the only political party advocating a no-no in the referendum, proposals on care and family after Sinn Féin said it would seek a yes vote. I'm joined on the line by Luke Silk, who joins me uh, from... It's just still ringing there, so we'll see if we get him in a moment. He'll join us uh, quite shortly. Uh, but they recognise their limitations and commit that a Sinn Féin-led government will build on these changes to actually deliver meaningful change. Uh, th- that's what Mary Lou MacDonald has said. Uh, to us as well. Uh, Keith, will you ask Sean Kine in relation to Bus Aaron, uh, will the management take responsibility for what has happened there? I think at this stage, lads, it's sorted, so it is. Um, really is sorted at this stage. So let's just see how long it's going to stay sorted for and then we can take it uh, from there. Uh, other calls coming into us too today. Uh, Keith, uh, this uh, caller said, um, Cohorticus to you on your significant milestone and may your retirement bring the rest of relaxation to you so richly deserved. That's a little bit on now. Um, another caller has been on to us as well and um, we'll deal with it. My name is Michael Cassidy. I recently met you in St. Nicholas's uh, Street uh, tending to sandbags in preparation for a weather front. I was delighted to bump into you as you afforded me a long overdue opportunity to have a chat uh, with you indeed, um, and express my gratitude as to how you professionally and sensitively navigated a very difficult segment born out of a tragic circumstance in Christmas 2022. 
Um, my wife Tara and I, along with our young son uh, Mikey, returned home to Galway in December 2021, having spent 10 years in Australia. And after a year of hard graft, we proceeded to open our business, Base Skin on Merchants Road in Galway. Base Skin is a skin clinic offering advanced skin treatments like facials, enzyme therapy, skin and all that goes with it, light therapy, laser resurfacing, etc. Tara is a senior therapist and available to all. And uh, this goes on to say, um, you might just mention. So if you want to get baseskin.ie. Luke Silk joins me on the line. Luke, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. How are you joining us? So, I'm good, I'm good. I just want to go back down to the, the script on this one, so I do. Uh, Ain't to, and indeed, which is your good self, um, you're advocating a no-no vote in the referendum. Uh, why no-no? Well, I suppose, Keith, from my own perspective, uh, working there in the doll for Aim2, um, it's very clear to me that this is a PR stunt um, by the government in what we all nearly accept at this stage is an election year. Um, they're trying to dress up in progressive clothing by changing values in the Constitution, which have no material impact on the lives of anyone in this country at all, really, when you look down into the detail of it. Yeah, but I mean, um, situations, so when you look at it, though, people are confused. People are slightly confused with it. But I mean, from all the polls that have been done, the yes, yes is going to is going to lead out on this one. So what is so wrong with it if people vote yes, yes? Um, the wording of it is that there are concerns in the wording, uh, the definition of durable relationship, um, for example. So the referendum commission, um, which would be a very independent body, which would advise us on, on what we're voting on, advise the electorate. They have said that... Um, a durable relationship, for example, could be with someone to whom you send a Christmas card every year. Um, so there is kind of ambiguity there. Um, there are some, I suppose, feminist groups that are concerned about the, the removal of the word woman or mother um, from legislation as well. But I want to be clear, I'm not happy with the current wording of the Constitution. Um, it does read to me uh, as somewhat backwards or misogynistic, especially in how it refers to woman in the singular. Um, but I do think, you know, part of my motivation towards a no is is a, a protest vote at the government. Um, I, I do have concerns about the wording and that. But they could easily, there were amendments put forward by opposition parties at the time. This was going through the doll, um, suggesting that perhaps we could, um, you know, put something into the constitution which places pressure or perhaps a mandate on the government um, to better assist those women who do decide, or those people, um, parents, who decide to stay at home and, and raise their children. Absolutely, um, but I mean, but, but, but again, promoting a no-no, Luke, with, and I've had the respect for you and the team in Aintho, but by promoting a, a no-no purely for the sake of protesting against the way the government is running, surely that's, that's incorrect, it's not purely for the sake of protesting. That is part of my motivation, but we do have concerns about the wording. Um, we are disappointed that the amendment, um, the, G- the amendment me, put forward by the main parties didn't G- go through. Okay, give me your main concerns in simple English, and I'm not being smart there, but I, I'm bombarded by information on this one, so I'm, I, I would have a good grasp of it. But in your opinion, just give it to me in simple English why people should vote no, no. Um... Well, first of all, I do think a protest vote is a legitimate um, is a legitimate reason to vote no, um, and I, I would like to go down through the reasons on that. So, for example, what I would be advocating for, if we really wanted to improve the lives or the choices of parents that are in the home or who want to leave the home, 
um, or parents who, who feel confined financially to the home or confined financially to the world of work when they want to be at home. I think we need to be looking at more school places for children with disabilities, um, a complete reform of the carer's allowance and the way that works, almost eliminating people from uh, part-time work if you're on the carer's allowance and, and taking into account spousal income in the qualification criteria for that. I don't think that's uh, fair. I'd be looking for free on-campus childcare for perhaps students who are pregnant or who have a, um, who have a, a baby um, and are feeling the pressure to drop out of college as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be looking for child benefits to kick in um, during pregnancy, not just upon the birth of the child. Um, and it's frustrating for me as well with the um, eviction ban, for example. So Ainthu had an amendment put forward there um, seeking to protect, to extend the ban um, for, we'd say, uh, women who were pregnant, those with terminal illnesses and those with disabilities. And the government voted against that just a few short months ago. And now they're all, they're, they're kind of pointing a finger of blame at the constitution mm-hmm. for their poor management of our services. And we see that with the Minister for Children even saying complete misinformation, in my view, in recent days, that a, a yes vote in the referendum would give him, you know, better clout or, or better ability um, to seek funding for disability services. Okay. So that is, is absolute rubbish. Okay, it, look, it's the budget that decides funding for these services, not the constitution. But look, I'm, I'm looking at them. So school places, carers allowance, uh, free on-campus childcare, child benefit during pregnancy and the eviction ban was not extended. Um, have you costed how much this is going to cost and how as a nation can we afford it? Um, well, we're, we're talking about costings on the day that the, no, that we have the revelation I'm, I'm, that $2 billion no, no, is being overspent on the National Children's Hospital. Um, but there are ways and there are taxation. Surely you have it costed, surely. I mean, you can't come up with school places, cares allowance, um, childcare free on, on, on campus, uh, child benefit uh, during pregnancy from the moment somebody gets pregnant. And eviction, the, the eviction ban, that's, that's done and dusted. What's it going to cost? And can we, can we afford this as a nation? My party would have costed, um, would have costed all our, our pre-budget submissions and everything. I don't have the piece of paper in front of me now, no, but no, we no, are in favour of it's not taxation tr- measures. If you, we are in favour of taxation, such as taxation on, um, on vacant properties um, to try and, and force them back into the, into the market. Um, I am in favour of, of tax on, on plastics and things like that. So we are um, we, we do have it, have it costed. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this discussion we're having about services, it's 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 far removed from the discussion about um, about the constitution. Um, and I do believe that, that there are lots of uh, lots of things that they should be doing. Um, and okay. uh, well, and like I, I heard a minister recently. I heard a minister saying that a woman's place is wherever she wants it to be. But the reality in Ireland is that that's not the case. Okay. There are women who want to be here, who are in Australia. There are women who want to be in their own homes, who are in emergency homeless accommodation as we speak. Um, it's just not working. And okay. it's, it's sickening as a politician to see this complete publicity um, stunt by the government in, okay. in an election year coming up to the election. They're just making everyone, they're picking something that almost everyone agrees with them on, but, so but that you, has no impact on the population whatsoever. But so are you two, by the way, because everyone would love more school places. Everyone would love the carers allowance and that whole uh, equity when it comes to uh, the cash coming into the house. 
Uh, yes, but the all. thing is that these issues are more important to people than values or, yeah, or vague wording. It goes back in the to my original, and I have the highest respect for you, Luke, and I, I like what you stand for. But I mean, we're diverting away from the actual referendum, so we are at this stage, and it is, whether, whether you like it or not, it's, it's a protest vote against the government. Um, well, there are people reading into it as well. Like there, there are concerns about the that it slightly weakens it. Um, the change to this amendment, you know, the, the constitution, and I'm paraphrasing now, it basically says that, you know, by her role in in the home, um, the woman contributes enormously yeah. to society um, uh, towards the common good, and the state shall therefore kind of endeavour to support her in that role. Okay. So that that bit is also being uh, removed, if I understand it correctly. Um, and so it's, it's taking that pressure. And that would be one of the, the reasons that Catherine Connolly seems to be veering towards a no and other uh, okay. great campaigners like we, Tom Clone and disability rights advocates. Yeah. Because the groups are, are sick. The, the people, um, parents of children with disabilities are just sickened with the government that this is where the focus is rather than on all their budgetary um, proposals and ideas. Luke, we won't solve it today, but uh, you've started a conversation and thanks indeed for doing that. Uh, Luke Silk joining us of Aintu there. Have you a thought process if you have? Uh, Text us to 0868-33-553. Finnegan, paying child benefit during pregnancy. Will you come down from the clouds, you fool? I didn't say it. But I'm only saying... First time I'll be doing an interview on radio, I think, through sign language, because I'm joined by two wonderful guests, indeed, Joanna Downs, who has fluid in her ears, and Philip Duffy, who has fluid in his ears as well. Joanna Downs, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Sign language. Will we go to sign language route altogether here, will we? <laughs> Listen, you have a, a major fundraiser coming up for the NBC, or I say you have. I have indeed. I have actually two, two. if I may discuss them, please. Well, would you tell me what? about number one, please? Okay, number one is Saturday night is our masked Valentine Ball theme is Viennese and we are so excited about it it's in the Salt Hill Hotel starting at 7pm on Saturday this evening this coming Saturday evening this Saturday evening uh, we have a competition for the most uh, creative mask that will be worn on the night and we have lots of fabulous table prizes beautiful reception with a quartet entertaining guests uh, on arrival and two receptions as I said canapes then a three course meal our, our own Ollie Turner will be doing MC on the Why, do you own them now? pardon me? have you taken our Ollie Turner you have? I have our own Ollie Turner your own Ollie Turner he's we've been adopted by a lot of people night. yes <laughs> I hope he's going to bring it <laughs> because we have some amazing auction prizes and I'm hoping Ollie will so people that are coming can you please come with good deep pockets and how are ticket sales going to they're not bad at all I think we're up to about 177 which is wow. good they're so but we could take up to 200 you know it would be nice if we could oh, make that they, at this stage tickets? I'm not expecting that to happen but you never know where can they get tickets uh, uh, online on clear and bookings contact the office they can get them uh, valentineball.ie and what's your other event that you want now, to the other event is on Mother's Day the 10th of March it's Walking Pink Walking Pink with your mother yeah. or in memory of your mother or you know mums, dads just get out there on Mother's Day meeting at the Clatter Hall gathering yeah. at the Clatter Hall at 10.30am on Sunday, March the 10th. Uh, 
walking uh, will start at 11. You walk to kick the wall in the prom and walk back. It's approximately seven kilometres. And once again, uh, Ronan Lardner from Galway Bay FM will entertain the people on arrival for yeah. an hour and then he will sing them off on their jolly walk. To register for this, it's €25 euro to register on www.walkinpink.ie and you will be sent out a free bobble hat, an NBCRI <laughs> bobble hat. So that's the Cladder Hall, 10.30am, Sunday, March the 10th. And then this afternoon, night in Salt Hill Hotel. Philip, um, you have a lovely Hyundai car there, so you have in front of you. Well, you have the, you have the brochure. You're, you're auctioning off a car. Yeah, we're going to do a raffle, Keith, for Easter. So today is Ash Wednesday, so uh, it launches today. And uh, it's just a little Easter raffle, six and a half weeks, 40 days. Uh, and it's a Hyundai i20. Uh, tickets are so well-priced that it's one for 10 euros, three for 25, or a full book for 50. Wow. Um, it's, just, it's just to give something back for Easter. So if you're thinking about doing Lent and giving up sweets or giving up cigarettes... It's not the price of an Easter egg to buy a ticket, so... They're very well priced, aren't they? Ten euros, yeah. And again, you're, are you hoping to make a nice bit of money for the NBC around that? We'll try and make, a, try and make some money, Keith, yeah. It's not, about, it's not about making massive amounts of money, it's a matter of making small amounts all often. the time. Often, yeah. Often, that's yeah, what we yeah. did with the Christmas raffle. Yeah. And we just decided this was a nice little one for Easter. And all of the money that you raise then goes back into research. That's everything what, that's goes the into the, everything goes into the Lamb Institute into under Michael Kern, and the, the progression we're making is incredible. I mean, in in forty years, the survival rate's gone from fifty percent to eighty eight percent. Yeah, the idea is to get that to a hundred percent. Can I come it's back? It's exactly the same, Keith, with the two functions I've discussed. Every penny. Because we're all volunteers, Philip. Yeah. We're all volunteers doing this, so it's all going back into the Lamb Institute. Like, our chairperson's a volunteer. Yeah. You know, we don't have Caroline, high... Yeah. Caroline, yeah, Caroline, she's yeah. magnificent. One of the things, to, sorry to interrupt you, Philip, with the Walk in Pink, she we want to make it national, if at all possible, so you don't just have to come to the Cladder, walk in your own village, walk in your own town, yeah. walk in your own area, but register walkinpink.ie. Good on you. Come here to me. Do you, do you organise all of these events because you don't like being at home on a Saturday night? Do I what? Do you organise them so you don't have to be home on a Saturday night? You love being out and about. I, my, I, I suppose really my outlet, is, my outlet in my life would be the functions that I do. You love Not them. I. There's a committee remember involved. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a wonderful bunch of ladies, Michelle Murphy, Joan Kennedy, Faith Fahey, the Smithick sisters. Uh, I'd be killed because I want May Feehan. You know, uh, there's just a <laughs> wonderful, wonderful bunch of women. Uh, Hazel Curran, incredible. Okay. Where can they buy the tickets, can I ask you? Yeah, um, you can buy them online at www.easterraffle.ie and the draw is going to take place on the Monday after the Easter Tuesday so which is the day after the bank holiday so we're hoping to get as much as we can just uh, to make a few pounds and you're you know? going to have a hoolie around that then too and I will have the, we'll have the we'll have the draw will be done in up in Connolly Motors who are um, contributing and supporting us with yeah. the Hyundai and uh, we'll have a bit of fun good and uh all I can say, Keith, is we appreciate it so much. No bother. But I mean, um, Joanna, you can have the last word. Oh, sorry. You, you, uh, you, uh, you yeah, just, just a quick one there, Keith. Um, I have a letter here that Michael Kern has, has um, written t uh, to Keith. I'd just like to read a bit of it out, <gasps> yeah. you know what I mean? He says, uh, Dear Keith, on behalf of the Director, Staff and Volunteers of National Breast Cancer Research 
and all those lives you have touched throughout your remarkable career. I want to extend our heartfelt gratitude and congratulations on your retirement after 34 years of dedicated service at Galway Bay FM. Your unwavering support of the NBCRI over the years has been outstanding and has not gone unnoticed with our directors and supporters. Your commitment by raising awareness and funds for breast cancer research has undoubtedly made a significant impact, not only in Galway, but also in communities far and wide. As you embark on this new chapter of your life, we want to express our deepest gratitude for your invaluable support and partnerships with the NBCRI. Your contributions have played a vital role in advancing breast cancer research and bringing us closer to our shared goal of finding a cure. We wish you all the best in your well-deserved retirement. May this new chapter be filled with joy, fulfilment and cherished moments. No doubt you won't be going too far and will continue to support NBCR events into the future. Thank you once again for your incredible dedication and commitment to making a difference. Sincere, sincere appreciation, Michael Kern, Research Director of the National Breast Cancer oh Research God. Institute. I think that goes on behalf of all of us. Oh, no, you're very kind. You're very kind altogether. Thank you so much for that. I didn't, I didn't see that coming, so I didn't today. Have you applied for my job now, have you? Because with a voice like that, you could have applied for it. I don't think I could. I don't think I'd be able to spend all that money. Please, so. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks for joining us uh, today. And thanks to Michael as well. And uh, he's a great, and you're very lucky to have him. And the big thing is to hold on to him now in this city, so it is. Uh, because he's such a wonderful person, he really and truly is. So. He really is. I, I would like to be associated with those words because Keith, you've been amazing. You know, anytime we're doing anything, we just drop a note and you give us airtime, and it's just absolutely amazing for the charity. And you know, and I knew you do it from nearly all the charities. You text me. What did you say? Who's going to give out to me now? Is that what you said? I know, Keith. Will you miss me? I will, yeah. I know. And I have no one to pick you know, on. I can't be picking on him. <laughs> yeah, you pick on me anyway. But I would like, there's one other thing that is, I always have one other thing, don't I, Kate? Sponsors. Without them, we could not do any of our functions. Tell us your sponsors then. I'll tell you our sponsors. We've Mazars, Keneally Construction, Oxygeneration, JCD, Faherty Wines, Carey Construction, Penn Engineering. Uh, what's that? What's that? This uh, so one, which one? Yeah. Clatter. Oh, the Clatter Clatter Group. group. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're just our main sponsors. Thank you so much, Keith. Listen, thank and you good for luck us today. To you we'll be talking to you between now and April, so we will. Guys, thanks for dropping into us. And uh, Philip, thank you for that letter as well. Um, now, yet to come at the programme, we have loads in the next hour as well. Just don't go anywhere else on that one. And uh, we're looking at how do you fancy becoming an apprentice teacher in the UK? And then you can come back to Galway as well. Stay tuned for that or more to come on the programme. Now, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so 86 38 33 uh, today on the programme. Let's head towards news and death notices and we're back just after these.